Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Before we begin, a reminder to please rate and review our show. It helps new listeners discover us and grow the program. On this episode of Sports Illustrated Weekly, we review hard knocks and preview the NFL season with Dan Hansis from the Around the NFL podcast and Colleen Wolf from NFL Network and also our living room. I'm your host, John Gonzalez. From Sports Illustrated and iHeartRadio, this is Sports Illustrated Weekly. Dan and Colleen, welcome back to Sports Illustrated Weekly. It's so great to be here. Incredible. Thank Thanks you. for letting me borrow your headphones, John. I love having repeat <laughs> offenders on the program. So great to see you guys. We're going to talk about the upcoming season. We're also going to talk about the other show that you two have cooking. But first, I want to discuss the show that you two are wrapping up, Hard Knocks with the Detroit Lions You've reviewed every episode. It's always a great show. Although I think it's really amazing that they've managed to do something that Hard Knocks had never previously done, at least from my experience, which was find a team that did not convince me that they're going to win the Super Bowl. Ah. Uh, and that includes uh, Bill O'Brien's Houston Texans, which Colleen will remember. I was like, I think this is their year. Turns out it wasn't. Uh, what have you guys made of the Lions on Hard Knocks so far? It's true. I think it's a good call. Sorry, Colleen. Go ahead. No, it's all right. We're still finding our rhythm. You know what I mean? Listen, we, all of us are, are doing the dance right now. And you can't, I feel you can't like- can this chemistry. You, it's just like, it comes natural for us. 
<laughs> oh god oh, help man. us now anyway hard knocks it's amazing we've had so many ridiculous recap episodes i feel like just talking about like the word art that is in the auditorium behind the players or in dan campbell's office or just like <laughs> the many different catchphrases and weird quotes that campbell has he could really have the show and carry it for an entire NFL season. So it's been, it's been fun. They're not going to win the Super Bowl, but I still feel like they're going to be a little bit better than they were last year. You know what, John, I, I agree with you too. And I, I've, I've written about hard knocks for over a decade for NFL.com. And I always, almost always came out of it the same way as you did. Maybe that's, mm -hmm. maybe there are some minor tweaks to the storytelling for NFL films for this season. And I think it has been a really kind of a, in a way a return to form for the show, you kind of see some of the warts there as well. And you see, especially on defense, they have a long way to go. The fact that one of their underdog stories this year, Malcolm Rodriguez, who they call Rodrigo, is mm -hmm. probably starting at linebacker. Not only is he making the team as a sixth round pick, he's starting. Kind of tells you and gives you an idea that the Lions still have a long way to go to really build this thing up to contention. And I feel like, too, another big thing, John, I, I think that you would love is the fact that the coaching staff and specifically Deuce Staley is sure. such a huge character on the show. And I feel like this year specifically, the coaching staff takes a character in and of itself almost like it is it plays such a huge role in the show the way that the coaches interact and the way that they are former players but they want to be known as coaches that played instead of former players that are coaching and kind of like that is a huge driving force I feel like behind the season in Detroit. Yeah, I've enjoyed Hard Knocks. I always enjoy Hard Knocks. It's a credit to HBO. It's consistently fantastic. I think your point though for the two of you just made like when the coaches are the stars of the show, a little bit of a red flag for me. Immediately, I'm like, eh, a little nervous about this. Um, what about Jared Goff? Like, do you guys have any faith in him at all? We're, we're going to do the, the preview yeah, of the well, actual season coming Dan, up. I'll let you take this. That's a loaded question, because if you're talking about him as a sports documentary entity, I would say the floor is very low here, John. And there's not, we, we, we're pretty, after the fourth season of him being covered by NFL Films for a major documentary series, we kind of know what we're getting at this point. But I think that kind of also speaks to what you're saying, that the coaching staff, that is a secret weapon in these hard knock seasons. So it's less yeah. of a red flag to be more of a bonus, because if you have a charismatic head coach, great, that that you could hang a season on that. But the shows that stand out to me are the ones where the offensive coordinator, there's some juice there. The D.C., when there's heat between those two guys, that famous Brown season a couple of years ago, where the coaching staff is just warring at each other in a private meeting, that stuff's really good. So they are at a disadvantage because they made a purposeful decision to kind of not push the QB1, which you would think would be a centerpiece of the player studies yeah. for any, any football show. But it's the right move because we know Jared Goff. Let's learn about somebody else. Yeah, I'm after the Rams appearance with Jared Goff, where he didn't know where the sun sets. I was like, I'm, I'm probably good on Jared Goff. Uh, last Hard Knocks related question for you guys. Where did this season fall in the overarching pantheon of Hard Knocks seasons? Middle of the pack? Mm. How'd, you, how, how'd you like it in general? Well, I think Dan has a better barometer for this because he's been doing the Hard Knocks recaps for years and years. So he's really been combing through all of these episodes every single year. I feel like I kind of came in this year and because of the podcast, I'm watching it in a much different way. I'm just consuming it 
in a different manner because years past it was just like a way easier thing and I wasn't diving into all the different like minutiae in every episode. But I think that this episode is really interesting because of all of the characters that you didn't think were going to be characters on the show. Like, I mean, we knew that Jared Goff wasn't going to be like a, an A-type guy on the show, but other people have kind of stepped up and, and colored that in. So for me, I think that this this season is pretty good. Like top five, maybe? Wow, top five. So wait, Zeuser, let's get some chocolate in the peanut butter. Give me some Hard Knocks power ranking here for this. Oh, wow. Yeah, you want some Hard Knocks power rankings? You know I'm a homer. You know I'm a native New Yorker. Yeah. And there's only two things that Jets fans have. We have Joe Namath, which many of us weren't around for. And we have the 2010 season of Hard Knocks with Rex Ryan. Those are like the two <laughs> things we have. And it, even though it comes off as homer, that was a special season of that show. And you talk to anybody yeah. behind the scenes. Uh, that with HBO and NFL films, anybody that loves the show, the Jets season with Rex kind of stands to me above everything. Uh, I love that aforementioned Brown season because they were coming off 0-16. Baker was entering the scene and he had his own charisma, his own like party RV, if you recall. And then all the drama around Hugh Jackson, who was kind of a charming presence in the Bengals hard knock season when he was the OC. But here he was under siege at head coach with a bunch of snakes underneath him looking to take him down. So you had all this great intrigue around the Browns. So I put that kind of in the number two spot. Um, you could argue Lions maybe number three in the power rankings. Wow. I, I think this has really been a, a fun story because I think the city and the, the football town always plays a big role and everyone kind of likes Detroit. They like the idea of the Lions finally finding their way. And Campbell is this guy that's saying... We got grit. We're prideful of where we're from, but we're willing and we're ready to change the script. And you kind of feel that energy. I think it's been a really warm season. I feel like you could tell the closeness of the players. And, um, you know, I need to see them stick the landing in episode five. But I think I could slot them in at number three here, potentially. Wow. Much higher than I thought. As people listen to this episode of our show, the final episode of your Hard Knock show will be out. So we encourage everybody to go back and listen to that. That chemistry that you saw or listened to between these two mm -hmm. earlier in the program will be Gold. on full display. Top notch. Uh, and also they've got a new show coming out. We encourage you to listen to that and also watch it. It's the Power Ranking Show uh, that will be a podcast. And also, Dan, it'll be streaming, correct? It is streaming as well. And it's it's a podcast. Colleen's hosting it. It's like the first podcast Amazing. I've ever done where yeah. I'm not the host. And uh, so, John, it's like she's in the driver's seat. It's like you guys in your house. It's it's going to be interesting for me to see how she guides things. I, I know it well. I know it well, and I wish you well. Uh, so I encourage everybody to listen to that. But I thought for you two, because you're going to do the power rankings, I'm not going to have you power rank here on this show. I don't want to give away the game just yet. But we're going to go through the divisions and find out what you like, what you don't like, and maybe pick some division winners. So we're going to start in the AFC East. As Dan mentioned, he's a homer. He's got his New York Jets there, the Dolphins, the Patriots, and the Bills. Uh, what do we like from these? It's the Bills probably what? Yeah. I feel like it's, this is like the easiest division, yeah. right, Dan, to pick out of all of them? Yeah, this one is Bills all the way. If anything, that you know, the Bills are the team with the high ceiling. The Bills are the team that came off that heartbreaking playoff loss and have reloaded now with Von Miller. I think this is the division I would actually feel the most confident saying that is the team that wins the division and probably gets a buy in the AFC. Colleen, are you buying any uh, Dolphins scrappiness? No. I mean, I think that they're going to be way more interesting than they've been in the past. And I like Mike McDaniel and his like mad scientist way. And 
he's really good just in terms of like a run game. So I think that that could be interesting because I'm not like totally sold on Tua's arm like most people right now. But the Bills are Super Bowl favorites. So of course, they're going to be favorites to win the division. Dan, as a self-respecting Philadelphian, I would never normally do this, but here's your opportunity to talk about a New York team. <laughs> it's not the Giants, so we'll allow it. It's the Jets. Uh, how do you feel about the Jets this season? I think, you know, I just, the new power rankings that's that's out has the Jets, I believe, at about 26. So that's where I have them right now. But here's the thing, like they really are building something there that you couldn't say the last couple of years. They have skill players and interesting young talent on both sides of the ball. What they need and this is going to feel simplistic, but it's basic. Like if they just get proficient quarterback play, they don't even need star quarterback. They don't need Zach Wilson uh, to be a stud or Joe Flacco if he ends up getting more starts than Wilson. You need somebody that could be a professional and run that offense. And I think they could hang around hypothetically or potentially in the AFC playoff race, not in the AFC East, but mm -hmm. in the AFC wildcard race where there's three wild cards. It's just a matter of getting that play. They have a really good running game and improved uh, offensive line, some real interesting talent at wide receiver. And the defense has interesting players in the back end with Sauce Gardner there. Uh, and the front seven, especially the defensive line, is stacked. So it's just like, give us decent quarterback play. Give us Ryan Fitzpatrick in 2015. And I think this team could win like eight or nine games. You are the hard knocks of Jets fans because you just sold Always. me on the Jets. All of a sudden, I'm like, and you know what? You do this to me in the same way that hard knocks does it to me because you get optimistic about them. You were super high on Zach Wilson coming out and then, you know, last year happened. Uh, but you, you you sold me again. Maybe this is it for the yeah, Jets. We'll uh, see. Fingers crossed, buddy. Fingers crossed. Aww. We're all in the bills. Let's go to the AFC North. You've got the defending AFC champion, Cincinnati Bengals, shouts to Wes. Baltimore Ravens, the rebuilding Pittsburgh Steelers, and the revamped Cleveland Browns who have not covered themselves in glory off the field. We know what we don't like. What do we like? I actually really like the Ravens here. We always see teams go worst to first every year, and I think the Ravens have the best shot to be that exact thing this year. They had so many injuries last season. They lost all of their running backs before the year even started. They had like no cornerbacks whatsoever. It was like really, really bleak for a while. So just getting those guys healthy, they're automatically better. And then when you have the Browns and the Steelers with their quarterback issues, like it's really, to me, just the Ravens and the Bengals. And I think the Ravens might edge out the Bengals this year for the division. Hmm. <laughs> I certainly could see that. They're my top two teams. Mm -hmm. That was that seemed like a very doubtful skeptical hmm from you, Hansus. No, I certainly could see it because I have the Bengals at number five as we start the season in the power rankings. I have the Ravens at 10 and they both have the potential to win 11, 12 games. Uh, health is so important for both. Uh, you know, can Burrow stay healthy? At offensive line, they put money and resources into it this year, but I'm still not mm -hmm. so sure it's good. And with Baltimore, if there's regression, then they're going to stay healthy and then Lamar is going to be an MVP again. Uh, the Steelers are the kind of interesting team for me yeah. in the division in terms of, let's see what happens here because we'll see what, when Kenny Pickett enters the fray quarterback. I, I assume it will happen unless you're a Mitch Trubisky truther. But the offensive line for them is woeful. I don't think that, that got much better at all. And and he just you just wonder if Pickett gets put into a bad situation if they can't protect him. But if they work things out on that O-line and, and Mike Tomlin's such a great coach, they're always in the mix. I would not be surprised if they're also in the running for the division come December. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment Oh my God, 
We've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well-known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. Man, that Bengals season last year was so magical, and we had the two of you on to mark uh, the one-year anniversary of Chris Wessling's passing, and like, it just felt right. It would be awesome if they could recapture that magic anytime that the Bengals are doing well. It makes me think of Wes. So mm-hmm. uh, that's the fingers crossed for me on that one. AFC South, we've got the Texans, the Colts, the Jaguars, no more Urban Meyer, RIP. He's gone off to broadcaster heaven. Well, maybe not heaven. Uh, Tennessee <laughs> Titans as well. Uh, what do we, <laughs> eh, you know, Urban, not the greatest guy. Uh, what do we think yeah. about that? What do we think about the South here? It, this seems like a te- like a really boring, awful division. Sorry, I'm know. just thinking about Urban Meyer at the gates of St. Peter, just like trying to explain that, <laughs> you know, it was, a, it was Cincinnati. It's a good nightlife. She was friendly. <laughs> it was a Thursday. Like right. Thursday, thirsty Thursday. What was I, I going to do? Exactly. Ah, I love the Colts. I think, obviously, whenever I stop at these cities and these teams for training camp, I end up drinking all of the Kool-Aid, but the Colts, I drank the most Kool-Aid and I love them. I love Matt Ryan with this offense. With He hasn't had a running game like this in so long. And obviously the running game is what makes this whole team go, but their defense is also really underrated. And I think they have actually some pretty good pass catchers that just aren't really like top of the radar. And when you put a guy like Matt Ryan in there and you pair him up with Frank Reich, I mean, the Carson Wentz experiment went so wrong last year. And I think that they have all of the pieces. They just needed someone at quarterback to not turn the ball over, to not make backbreaking mistakes at the absolute worst times. And I think that Matt Ryan can be that guy. Dan, can I tell you that yeah. between the combine and inside training camp, 
Colleen spends an inordinate amount of time in Indianapolis. And every time she comes back, she's like, you know what I love? And I'm like, no. (laughs) The cults. Get out of here. Even people who live in Indianapolis don't love Indianapolis that much. That is, yeah, that's on brand. You know, the cults, I picked them to win the division too. And and the Tennessee Titans lost Harold Landry, their best defensive player in their front seven, to an ACL tear in practice recently. And that's just crushing because I think they're right on the margin where they could drop down and be a 500 team. You take out a playmaker like him. Remember, he had three of the nine sacks of Joe Burrow in that playoff loss in Mm. January. Now he's just gone and there's no time to identify a replacement from outside the building. So I think the Titans are going to be an uphill climb. I think the Texans, despite my buddies on around the NFL, Greg and Mark gassing them up, I think the Texans still have a long way to go. The Jaguars are interesting. Really? They are. They are out of Urban Meyer. (laughs) That was definitely Urban Meyer hell. Uh, They're out of that. And they put a lot of money and resources into the team. They got a professional head coach. I think you guys know who the coach is, Doug Peterson. Love him. Who had some success that you guys might know about. And Trevor Lawrence, it's not like he's no longer a generational prospect. He was just put in the worst situation a rookie could be in. I would not be surprised if he takes a big leap. I want to ask you both about Trevor Lawrence because he he was so hyped up coming out. And I realized that he had to overcome the Urban Meyer hurdles, many of them. But how much of it was Urban Meyer and that whole situation being toxic and like just terrible coaching? And how much of it was he didn't play well? Well, I mean, they also weren't built for him to succeed. So he didn't have what he needed, even if he had a normal coaching staff. And the way that the Urban Meyer thing unfolded, I mean, it sounded like borderline abusive. Uh, I mean, he's kicking his kicker. Like, of Literally course, it was guy. physically, physically mentally, all of it. <laughs> I can't imagine being a rookie coming into the NFL with such a high draft pick status on your shoulders and then being thrown into that scenario. Like, I think he's going to be way better than what we saw that first year because that first year was bonkers. Like he caught St. Peter on a good day and St. Peter's about to walk through the, let him walk through the gates. And then St. Peter looks at his notes one last time. It's like, oh, wait, you kicked the guy. Yeah. <laughs> you can't come in. Can I, can I tell you that uh, you both know him, but SI's Connor Orr was on the program to discuss Urban Meyer's departure. And I don't think he's ever been more excited about anything than to discuss Urban Meyer kicking the kicker. So I guess we're not on Jacksonville, but I hope Doug Peterson does well. Uh, we'll move to the AFC. What did you end up picking Kansas? We know where Colleen is. I had the Colts, but I had the Jags the maybe flirting with a playoff spot if things break the right way. Ah. That'd be cool. That'd be cool for yeah. Doug Peterson. All right, last one in the AFC. West, loaded, Broncos, Chiefs, uh, Las Vegas Raiders, and the Chargers. Great division. Which way do we go here? In my power rankings, I got Chiefs 7, Broncos 8, Chargers 9, and Raiders 11. So, Oh, my God. That, so I <laughs> like them. Up. I like the division. I think I don't think it's hype. I think they're all very good teams. Now, we know how sports work. There's probably going to be one team this season gets ruined by injuries or the ball doesn't bounce the right way in crucial spots and they end up seven and 10. Yeah, that's certainly possible. But just from what their potential is, the talent on these rosters, they're all very good. And I, I have the Chiefs mostly because of Mahomes, but I understand with no Tyreek Hill there, they have to change some things. But maybe that's not the worst thing, Gonzo. Like the idea that if we all we all watch that AFC Championship game in the second half against mm. the Bengals where the, the offense just went to sleep in a unbelievable way that maybe it was time to mix some things up, change some things up. And even if you don't get better by sending a hall of famer out your door and Hill, that makes you think differently how to attack teams and they get a refresh that way. Colleen, uh, you run into, I feel like Ciara and Russell Wilson regularly. 
how do you feel about the Broncos and Russell Wilson? It has happened. Um, actually, it has happened regularly because it happened at training times. camp. It happened at the Super Bowl. Ciara right. gave me a hug. I was like, "We're friends." This is what is this is incredible. Wait, did she give you a hug and say hi, Colleen? Like a what's hey, Colleen? No. hug. No, but I did get like a high sweetheart from someone in the elevator near them. And I was just like sweating, uh, kind of like I am right now. So uh, <laughs> that was that was interesting. But yeah, I was with the Broncos for a little bit during training camp too. But this whole division, like, I don't know. I keep talking myself in and out of different teams because I think that the Chiefs is the easiest way to go. And it probably makes the most sense because they have this track record. They've won so many years in a row. You can never really trust the Chargers. They always charger it up. Same thing with the Raiders. (laughs) But now the Broncos are so interesting with Russell Wilson there. So it is really tough. I actually, though, am in between the Chiefs and the Chargers because I want to believe so hard in the Chargers. And they always let me down. But guys, I think this might be their year. (laughs) I'm going to go with the Chargers on this. Yeah, Justin Herbert's my MVP pick. So I see them as a playoff team. And if I pick a team as a playoff team, obviously they could also win the division. Herbert Mm -hmm. is such a stud. We're talking to Steve Weish of NFL Network last week on our podcast. And he's like, when you just have conversations with coaches and front office guys, they're all just completely in love with Herbert and how special he is. And we see it on the field too. And he's being put in a situation to thrive with a really good offense. You could see that that season happening for Herbert. And then who knows what happens? They are the Chargers though. They are the Chargers. And even if it happens, it's sort of tree falling in the woods because we all live in Los Angeles and like (laughs) nobody will notice. Uh, No, I also think it's interesting. I don't I don't want to take over your show, Gonzo. But do you think if the Chargers actually go, let's say, 12 and five and they're playing in the AFC title game against hell, the Bengals, do you think L.A. is going to catch fire with the Chargers or you think it's they got Khalil Mack now? I think that building will still be, if in that scenario, that building will still be predominantly Bengals fans. I mean, I, you know what? Let's bring in producer Isaac Lee, uh, resident Angelino, knows the city as well there as anybody go. who's also, a, he's a Clippers fan. Uh, <laughs> he knows how this goes. Isaac, in this scenario that Dan has just painted, do people all of a sudden start caring about the Chargers in LA? I don't think so because... People barely cared about the Rams winning the Super Bowl <laughs> earlier Fair. this year. Um, yeah. I was living in Portland at the time. And I just remember like texting a bunch of my buddies who were, who were down here in Los Angeles and being like, hey, you know, Rams won the Super Bowl. You guys doing anything fun? They were like, nah, man, I'm just, we're just going to go to bed. Had some beers. <laughs> we're uh, just going to go to bed. <laughs> yeah, like football, football is like a third-rate sport in Los Angeles. You have to understand. Uh, it's basketball. We, actually, you know what? Dodgers, Dodgers. Dodgers is its own sport. And then it's Lakers. And then there's like a big drop-off to football. Which is, you know, odd because everywhere else football is king. But here, yeah. And, and there's a huge drop-off between the Rams and the Chargers. I mean, you guys know you, you work in that building or adjacent to it. Uh, the Rams draw a pretty good crowd. The Chargers are just a venue for people to, hey, oh, they're playing the Chargers this year. Let's fly out to Los Angeles and we'll get a cheap ticket and see a road game. It feels like the Rams own that building and that they just let the Chargers play there. Yeah, literally and figuratively. Yeah, right. that is what it is. Um, um, I, go ahead, Dan. No, I had nothing else to add. Anything else to add will <laughs> make it sound like I'm being a homer for the company, but like we went to Rams camp um, this summer and the place was packed with thousands of fans there. Like there's definitely 
a strong vibe with that team. The Chargers, we see they're actually they're um, building a new facility in El Segundo right near SoFi Stadium. It's going to take some time for them to build roots here because obviously that was a San Diego team and start from scratch, especially like Isaac was saying in this market, the way it's kind of unique, it will take time. Winning will help though. Winning always helps. I'm glad that you brought up the Rams like a professional host. It's a wonderful transition. We'll go to the NFC West defending Super Bowl champion, LA Rams. Uh, I know that Colleen is concerned about Stafford's elbow. Uh, We've got the Arizona Cardinals, San Francisco 49ers, and the Seattle Seahawks. Shout to JJ Arcega-Whiteside, who was jettisoned uh, to the team that also took DK Metcalf. We'll discuss that later. Uh, I assume we like the Rams here, but Colleen, you had mentioned the 49ers maybe being interesting to you. I do think that the 49ers are going to be a frisky team and that they could potentially finish ahead of the Rams, depending on how bad Stafford's elbow is because we don't really know. We have no idea at this point. Like we haven't seen him play. We don't know if this is a serious situation. I think he was asked about it today at a press conference, Matthew Stafford. And he had this like long, weird, awkward pause when he was asked how he was feeling and how the elbow was. And then he was like, yeah, it's fine. I'm fine. Everything's great. And it's just to me feels like it might be a little bit more of an issue than the team and he are leading on to. Even though, yes, he played all last year with it. This is an issue that the team knew about when they traded for him. But at a certain point, like as you get older and you have these lingering injuries, they become a problem. He's 34. Uh, it was an injury to the elbow he suffered last season, played through it last season, played great in the playoffs, mm-hmm. won the Super Bowl, yeah. got an injection in the elbow this spring, or I don't know about the timeline when, but after the Super Bowl, was carefully managed through the summer. The Rams, probably the hesitation is because the Rams have been very careful about how mm. they've managed the message around what the elbow situation is. But the regular season, one of the many reasons I'm just so thankful that real football is about to start is The team can't control certain things anymore once you're out on the field. And on Thursday night against the Bills, he has to throw 45 passes. How is that going to feel? And he takes a couple shots, a helmet to the arm or whatever. He goes down awkwardly. We'll have a better idea of where he's at physically after the first couple of weeks and maybe even after one game. Colleen, you had mentioned the 49ers. How do we feel about, I mean, Jimmy J still exists. Still uh, there. How do we feel about Trey Lance? Because there's been so much hype. And I'm excited, as Dan said, to see real football and see whether or not this kid can do it. But how do we feel about his prospects and that team's prospects? I think it's almost more how do we feel about Kyle Shanahan? Because Kyle Shanahan's going to simplify everything for Trey Lance to make sure that he does look good. And Kyle Shanahan loves a run game and he loves leaning on his defense. And those are two things that are still strong with that team. So as long as those things are good and Trey Lance can just keep it together and and keep things simple and keep things moving and not make mistakes, then he'll be able to get into a rhythm and get better as the season goes on. And I think that's when they could be really dangerous. Mm, That is a situation. It's a naughty situation, (laughs) uh, as I say on ATN. Because I think that the surprising revelation that Jimmy G wouldn't be going anywhere this year. Yeah. It was good news for the Niners, I think. Good news for the fans who have a safety net. Trey Lance, you know, not only do you have this guy in the building that's been to a Super Bowl for this team, that's had success for this team, all we ever hear from the 49ers, even though people who study the game and analytics and just watch closely say, well, Garoppolo struggled for long stretches of time. He, he was very ineffective through the playoffs last year. But at the same time, that team loves him. Like the locker room 
really likes him as a person and as a quote unquote leader and a quote unquote winner. So Lance has that guy right behind him. What happens if they lose three of five to start the season? Where's Kyle Shanahan going to, how much rope does Lance have? It's, it's kind of a fascinating subplot for us on the outside, but for a kid like Lance, that's a lot of pressure. A lot of pressure. Mm -hmm. Although I'm not in that locker room. I'm not that kid. So I'm looking forward to this. Yeah. This will oh, be yeah. fun. Excellent. Well, I have a level of empathy that you just can't approach. Yeah, but I laugh. <laughs> uh, I think it's the Rams. Which way are you guys going? I'm going to say ultimately the Rams too. Yeah, I got it. Nobody's in on the Cardinals, right? No. No, I can't. Okay. Kyler Murray got his video games taken away. He has to just study now. I know. I think it's weird. And that was the craziest story of the summer yeah. in the NFL, that whole contract provision. I just, you look at the roster and with Nuke Hopkins out for six games with a PED ban and he's on the wrong side of 30. So who knows what we see yeah. when he comes back. Um, I don't know if they've set him up very well, Kyler, for success when you look at his surrounding talent. And then nobody knows if Cliff Kingsbury really is a guy that could thrive at this level yet, it hasn't really been proven. So we're going to learn a lot about Kyler and the Cardinals very quickly, I think. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house. And I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well-known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. Technical difficulties. All right, so we were about to talk about the NFC South and what a disaster it is, but this recording turned into an even bigger disaster than that uh -huh. division. Dan, explain to people who are listening what's happening right now. We've got a tough situation here uh, <laughs> on the remote setup. Uh, I blinked and John and Colleen were gone. And when they finally returned, it's a grainy video of them sitting next to each other. And now they don't have real microphones. There's a, there's a headset they're sharing. So I just think we're heading towards some of the greatest broadcasting ever in the 21st century. That's just my prediction how this is going to go. 
There's there's no other way around it. This is exactly what's happening. Um, welcome to our work from home setup. Our work from home <laughs> setup has failed us uh, much the same way that our air conditioning has failed us. We're going to soldier on because we're professional broadcasters. I NFC like South, uh, Atlanta Falcons, Marcus Mariota, no Calvin Ridley because he gambled. Uh, Carolina Panthers, I want to discuss Baker Mayfield. The New Orleans Saints, no Sean Payton. And then we get to Tampa Tom, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and Tom Brady's very angular face. Uh, <laughs> is this a foregone conclusion? Is it the Buccaneers? What do we think? I think it's the Bucks, But I, I feel like, too, that the Saints, I don't think they're going to be good, but I don't think they're going to be as bad as some people say they're going to be because Jameis Winston just, I feel like, takes a lot of cheap shots. And he was actually pretty good before he got hurt last year. And then you add in Chris Olave, the wide receiver, who's going to be a rookie that's really good. Dan is shaking his head no. He's what, not buying what it at all. What cheap shots? Yeah, the- Are we talking about Jameis Winston on the field, the guy that became the first guy to be a 30-30 guy with 30 interceptions off the field, all his various misdeeds. True. Every shot has been well-earned for Jameis Winston as a pro. But you know what? What you're saying makes sense. There are a lot of people, a lot of people that know things that follow the league closely that think the Saints have a real chance to beat out the Bucks. I'm not one of them, but I could see them being a playoff team because the defense is excellent front to back. Mm-hmm. It is about if you buy into the offensive line without Teron Armstead, Winston staying healthy and not destroying the team with turnovers. And then Michael Thomas returning and being Michael Thomas. And then you have Chris Olave is a really interesting rookie wide receiver. And then Kamara, Alvin Kamara, who's a, when he's right, when he's healthy, when the offense is efficient, he's one of the top five running backs in the league. So it's, it's there. It just feels like a lot of puzzle pieces have to lock in. And usually those are the teams that it doesn't happen for when the season actually starts. Yeah, it's going to be the Bucs that take the division. Like, it's going to be Tom Brady. He's going to do his thing again. They have such a good team. And Todd Bowles, he's finally going to get some, like, great credit for being a head coach because he's set up. I remember when I talked to him this summer saying, like, when you were the head coach of the Jets, did you ever think in a zillion years that you would one day be the head coach of Tom Brady? And he kind of laughed for a second. And he was like, yeah, it is kind of funny how these things happen. Like, <laughs> I'm I'm excited to see this team. And I think they're going to be really good once again. Briefly, before we move on, I want to discuss the drama in Carolina with Baker Mayfield, who said that he wasn't thinking about his former team. He doesn't uh, have anything to do with his former team. And then all of a sudden he's got merchandise specifically aimed at his former team. Uh, how do we think that's going to go? Well, hey, I mean, well, Baker's a lot. It's going to be embarrassing if it doesn't. Baker's a lot. <laughs> he's just a lot to deal with. And you're not going to catch me defending the Browns and how they handled their quarterback room, but I get why they were ready to move on. It just, Baker just seems to be a dude that is out for Baker in a lot of ways above other things. And I, I think can he be an improvement on Sam Darnold? Yeah, he can because the offensive line is better and Christian McCaffrey's healthy. But at the same time, I think people that are thinking he's going to now be the guy that Browns thought he was going to be, and he was certainly at times effective in Cleveland, I'm not buying it. I think we're going to see Darnold and Baker this year. All right, move, moving along to uh, NFC North Packers, Vikings, Bears, and your hard knock Lions. It's not the hard knock Lions we've discussed. Mm-mm. Of the other three, who do we like? Packers again? Packers. It's it's the Packers for me. I think that the Vikings are going to be really good, but I think it's a tough 
it's a tough thing to ask Kevin O'Connell in his first year to make the Vikings the division winners, especially with Aaron Rodgers still there, even if he doesn't have Devontae Adams. Like, it's not going to be this swift downfall for Aaron Rodgers and the Packers. Like, I think that the Vikings will give them a decent shot. And I think they could be a wild card team if everything falls right. Like I love Zadarius Smith and Daniel Hunter on that defense playing together. Like that's going to be their studs, but we'll just have to see if Kirk Cousins can hold up his end of things and how they're really able to make this passing game evolve. Anybody who doesn't pick the Packers to win the NFC North is trying way too hard and they should be viewed with suspicion. It's their division. I think the Vikings can yeah. take a wild card spot. I think the Lions could be fun, but they're still building. And I think Justin Fields is in for a hard time oh. again in Chicago. Godspeed, Justin Fields. Yeah. All right, the last division, I saved this one for last on purpose. It's the NFC East, the Washington football team. I will not call them the commanders. That's an exceedingly stupid they're name. They're getting ready to stuck. go on and, you know, take, take command. command. It's John? such a dumb name. They had they had the perfect <laughs> no frills name that they stumbled into by accident, and in typical Washington franchise fashion, <laughs> they decided to move on from it and yeah. pick a much I'm worse. So bu- I'm so bummed. I thought you were going into a monologue defending the initial name. I was like, all right, this is a spicy <laughs> po- podcast topic. John going in, didn't see this coming. Uh, I, I really like working at SI and prefer not to, prefer not to get fired. Uh, also in the division, the Giants, the Cowboys, and the Philadelphia Eagles. Dan, Colleen and I are going to momentarily recuse ourselves from this okay. conversation. Mm-hmm. I want you to start, you know, say whatever you want, but it's really freaking me out as a Philadelphian how many people are on yeah. the Eagles. It is uncomfortable. I don't, I don't like it. It's not good. I would not feel good about it if I were an Eagles fan. <laughs> I'd feel really good about the team, but I feel like it would have been much better if it was like last summer yeah. where people were with the Cowboys. But the fact that everyone's bailed on the Cowboys, and I think that's a little premature to totally count out the defending division champions, the Eagles do have the best roster, and they have really gotten better in different spots, and they have set up a quarterback that has the opportunity to kind of take the leap and, and, and take command in Philadelphia. So they are the smart pick to win the NFC East, but I think it's a little bit to what you're saying. People are a little too confident about the Eagles because that's still a projection. Some things have to fall into place Mm -hmm. and the Cowboys, this idea that the Cowboys should just be completely thought of as an afterthought. They get to play the commanders, sorry. And the giants four times, they have a chance to, split with some of the better teams in the league. I think they could hang with other teams and be a a 10 win team. And I think that's ultimately, I think what's going to win this division around 10 games. I think it's, it's not a coin flip. I think Eagles are the pick, but the Cowboys aren't as far behind as people seem to think. I think. It was one thing when the Cowboys on Michael Irvin, also of NFL network was just gushing about the Philadelphia Eagles. But when it really hit a crescendo, a fever pitch for me was ESPN's Mina Kimes, who is also a friend of Sports <laughs> Illustrated and all of us here on this program, saying that they have a top five roster. And I wanted to throw my computer in the Pacific. Oh, no. Mina, what yeah. are you doing? Don't no. tell anybody that. Oh, anytime yeah. a team from Philadelphia is supposed to do good, they never do good. So this is I wouldn't say stream team vibes with Vince Young, oh, but no. it's a team vibes. That is exactly what I was telling people. It's not people because the other that day. actually wasn't a good, you know, that was a roster that made sense on paper and then it became apparent very quickly it wasn't going to work. I, Howie Roseman's done a really nice job building this roster out, but let's not plan the second parade and start building another statue just yet. That's all. 
Are you taking the Eagles in this division? I have the Eagles. And again, my entire life now refers back to the power rankings. I have the Eagles as my number 14 team in the league, (laughs) right? Just ahead of the Cowboys. So I see it kind of as a coin flip. But if you, if you're like saying, pick the team to win the division, I will go with Eagles like 10 and seven. All right. I, I like normally I'd be uh, excited about this, but I'm, I'm not at all. I get Uh, it. I totally get it. Let's wrap it up with some Super Bowl predictions because uh, between actually talking to you guys and then the technical difficulties that we've had, we've been doing this podcast for about three days. Uh, so tell me who's who's playing in the big game, Dan. This is it. This is it for the Bills. It's happening. Uh, you know, the same thing that you feel about the Eagles is what the Bills fans in North, in Western New York feel about this situation. They hate that everyone has them winning the Super Bowl or getting to the Super Bowl, but I just think they have a great roster and a Hall of Fame caliber quarterback just reaching his prime. And I think this is the year they get over the hump. And it's very hard for me to pick an NFC team. It's so wide open, but I'll say, I will say Bills over Bucks. Passing of the torch. Ooh. Bill's box. Okay. You know what? Okay. I'm I'm actually 100% with you in the AFC. I think it's going to be the Bills as well. I feel like they showed us that last year and just, you know, ran out of time. But it's going to be the Bills this year. And I think just to just to make it a little crazy, I'm going to manifest this for the NFC. I'm oh, going to no. say. Don't do it. I'm going to say. Don't do it. No, you know, I'm not doing that. I'm not going there. I'm not going to. I'm not that crazy. <laughs> It's the 49ers, okay. and it's going to wow. be Jimmy G. <laughs> Did you say that the Bills wow. ran out of time? The problem for the Bills last year was there was too much time. There's 12 seconds on the clock yeah. Yeah, against that's true. the Chiefs. Yeah, that's true. Tredavious White's a big guy. They need to get back in the lineup because they don't lose that game without their star cornerback. If their star cornerback was in the playoffs last year, he'll start the season on the pup list. They'll have him right. That's going to be a big piece for Buffalo, too. Just one little bit of insight there. Before one little bit. And now we have uh, mercifully revamped postseason overtime rules, which is wonderful. Uh, but this was great, too, guys. Watch them on the NFL Network. Listen to them on the Around the NFL podcast. Catch the final episode of the Hard Knocks pod. And be sure to check them out on the forthcoming Power Ranking show. You can listen to that. It's also streamable. These guys... Frankly, on my, on my personal power rankings, they're very close. I'm going to give a slight edge to Colleen for really? domestic tranquility purposes. Slight edge, <laughs> nice slight edge. Uh, I love you both. Dan and Colleen, thank you for this. Thank you. Just Thanks. doing a podcast with the Jay-Z and Beyonce of sports media. That, I mean, I, I pinch myself. <laughs> Which one's Beyonce? You better say me. You know what? But you said you liked Colleen better than me. But actually, that makes sense. Right, John, you are the Beyonce. All right, there we go. You're the best, buddy. Thanks, Dan. All right, bye-bye. Sports Illustrated Weekly is a production of Sports Illustrated and iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite shows. And for more of Sports Illustrated's best stories and podcasts, visit SI.com. This episode of Sports Illustrated Weekly was produced by Jordan Rizzieri, Jessica Yarmoski, and Isaac Lee, who is also our sound engineer. Our senior producers are Dan Bloom and Harry Swartout. Our executive producers are Scott Brody and me, John Gonzalez. Our theme song is by Nolan Schneider. And if you've stuck around this long, we leave you with this. Did we lose John? (laughs) He's left the Riverside. The host has quit on the show. <laughs> now I am the host. You're hogging the internet. It's very urban Meyer. Yeah, very urban Meyer. Yeah. <laughs> 
I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER.